All I got to say last night was, oh, brother. You know, the Chiefs lost last night. I'm not in a good mood. So, with that, this is Sports Talk KC. This is DB1492. Yeah, this is Lee 86, man. Hey, what's going on? This is Cowboy. Welcome to another edition of KC. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm a little thrown off. Hey, welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. We're going to go ahead and just kick it off with the um, – uh, one of the games that we picked over the football weekend, which was the Green Bay Packers at the uh, Cowgirls. The uh, Green Bay Packers, which I picked myself, was victorious over the Cowgirls, uh, going 34-24 uh, to 24, uh, with their victory over the Cowgirls. And Rodgers went for 22-34 with 238 yards, zero uh, touchdowns. Uh, their top rusher was Jones with 19 carries, 107 yards. Four touchdowns. Leading receiver was Jones uh, with uh, seven receptions, 75 yards, zero uh, TDs. Uh, Lee, uh, you guys both picked the Cowgirls, which I was pretty shocked about. You uh, guys thought that uh, with a hobbled uh, Aaron Rodgers offense that he wasn't going to be able to pull it out, but the kid pulled it out and he didn't score any touchdowns. So what do you guys think about the uh, Cowboys in the uh, Packers game, Lee? Yeah, uh, like you said, uh, bro, we all picked the uh, – me and Beats picked the Cowboys, uh, the Cowgirls to win that game. So, you know, it was shocking. Um, like I said, I really didn't tune into it that much, um, getting prepared for our game and everything. I was actually standing in the line of gates. Me and Pops, you know, was kind of, you know, looking at it and stuff like that. So what I could see was, you know, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers was just taking care of business. I mean, he was without, you know, um, Devontae Parker and – um things of that nature. Um, but he just, you know, used different options and everything. He, he really, they really just cut, cut the Cowboys up, you know, went in there and took care of business, you know, uh, really don't have too much for that game. Like I said, really didn't tune into it that much, but, but that was a good win by Green Bay. Good win. Like I was telling y'all, Green Bay is a good team. You know, they, with Aaron Rodgers, they always could be a threat. So yes, yeah, a good win by Green Bay. I swing it to beats. I was I was shocked too because uh, I watched like the first half and then after that, you know, I was getting ready to meet up with you guys, and so I didn't catch the end there when uh, Cowgirls, as a uh, Calvin would say, uh, started to try to come back and try to make it the uh, score look better than what the actual game was. But um, you know, I guess Dak, um, you know, came back down to earth and uh, started being Dak again, and then. You know, Aaron Rodgers doing what he does, you know, elevating, you know, the players that he has around him and them just using that running game now. They're they're more balanced. They're not um, – I mean, they're not just stepping back and throwing it like they were with Aaron Rodgers for the past couple of years. And also that defense of theirs, as far as that defensive line, those linebackers and defensive linemen that they brought in are really paying off and with that front. And so – I mean, goodbye, Green Bay. I mean, it shows that uh, you can never know with the NFL, and that's, that's what makes the NFL so good. So, you know, they the previous week they lost to Philly, and then they bounced back and got right back on track. That's what I'm 
not to try to jump the gun. That's what I'm hoping our Kansas City Chiefs do, you know. So, with that, that's my t- thoughts on the game. But good win by the Packers. Mm-hmm. Let me just go on the Cowboys stats. Uh, Dak came in with 27-44, charging 63 yards, two TDs, three INTs. Uh, the Beast, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, went for 12 carries, 62 yards, one TD. And their leader was Amari Cooper, 11 uh, receptions. 226 yards, one TD, and Gallup came behind him with seven receptions, 113 yards, one TD. They look better uh, on paper, but uh, they definitely wasn't able to uh, be victorious over the Green Bay Packers, which I said, that, that was my pick. So, went for A. a. Rogers getting it done. Um, to move it on along, we're going to go to our Monday night game, which, again, we have the freaking uh, Browns on national televised TV again. Uh, Browns will be going against the, uh, I believe, 3-0 and uh, 49ers mm-hmm. yeah. uh, on Monday sure. night. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming they'll be 4-0 and after this. I'm really not a Browns fan. The 49ers are one of, the, one of those teams that's uh, flying underneath the radar. Uh but they are on prime time tonight. Uh, Browns versus the 49ers on Monday Night Football. Lee, what's your uh, predictions on the game? Is it? Uh, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a pretty good game, in in my opinion. Um, like you said, the 49ers are sitting there at four and zero. The Cleveland Browns are coming off a very good road win last week against the Baltimore Ravens. So they have some confidence coming um coming into the 49ers um home to try to get a um a win on the road. <clears throat> but like I said, man, this I feel this is gonna be a you know an interesting game. Yes, it's the Browns and everything. Um you know but it is what it is. It's the Browns and the 49ers. Um uh, like I said, as far as a point spread, uh, I just think it's going to be kind of low. Um, I think it'll probably be a 28-24 ball game, something around that nature. But uh, I'm a, I'm going to go with the 49ers in this one. Um, I just feel like, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and the different receivers and good running game that the 49ers do possess. Um I feel that, you know, them playing at home as well. Um, they play good at home. So that's a, you know, extra added boost for them. Yeah. Um, you know, the Browns got a, you know, I guess you could say uh, Baker Mayfield is exceeding expectations. <laughs> uh, you know, but he has OBJ, Jarvis Landry, uh, Chubb went off last week. So they have, you know, showed showed a good running game. So, like I said, this is gonna be an interesting ball game, fellas. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the 49ers in a close one on this one. That's my take on the game tonight. Swing it to beats. Yeah, all I'm, all I'm gonna say on this is that I'm a hater, and I just don't want to see the Browns win tonight. So I'm gonna go with the uh, 49ers as well, even though. 
the only people that I really know on the 49ers is uh, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, and D Ford as far as their defense goes. Um, everything in my in my football mind tells me to go with Cleveland because I know more players on that team, but they've been, you know, inconsistent um, this year. But on paper, I would I would really go if if I was a, a Ben man, I would really go with the Browns to be honest. But I'm just a hater, and I just don't want them. To, I just don't want them to uh, win, especially since we're in the same conference and we lost last night. I want them to lose. So yeah, that's my take pretty much on the game. It's not really much a take. It's just my, I guess, my haterism. I guess. Um, but uh, as far as a, a score, I'm gonna go um, 27, 23, San Fran. Even though I'm not really confident that maybe San Fran will really win, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, me myself, I'll be taking the 49ers as well. Uh, they seem like they're a little bit, uh, like I said, under the radar and a little bit better of a team than the inconsistent Browns. I said, again, we have to uh, watch them on primetime TV again. Uh, hopefully there's no uh, WWE wrestling coming from this game. Uh, like I said, we got to suffer through another uh, Browns week on prime TV. So, like I said, uh, I'll be taking the 49ers. <clears throat> but um, to move it along, uh, we got our first fiery of the NFL season, Drake Gruden. With his team, I believe, going 0-5 uh, risk. is no longer the head coach of the uh, Washington Redskins. They have uh, the coach, uh, Bill Callahan, taking over as the uh, immediate uh, uh, head coach for the uh, Redskins. Uh, Jay, I mean, uh, Lee, what do you uh, feel on the, uh, the firing of Jay Gruden, first firing of the NFL? Man, Jay Gruden. You know what? It's it's crazy because about a week ago, I told Pops like Pops uh, watch Jay not have his his uh, his head coaching job long, and it turns out I was one hundred percent correct. Um, I actually seen Stephen A. Smith predict the same thing about a week ago. And, you know, it was just one of them things that you've seen as a true, you know, if you're a true NFL fan, you know, and just pay attention to other NFL news and what's going on, you could kind of see the writing on the wall for Jay Group. Um, that um, th that organization is in a um, is in a downward spiral you know, at a vast, rapid <laughs> rate. Um, like I said, my the reason why I predicted I felt he was going to be getting fired soon is because the the uncertainty, you know, that he was showing what to do with the quarterback position on his football team. Um, you know, you drafted Dwayne Haskins very high in the draft. There's people within that organization and that fan base that wants to see <laughs> Dwayne Haskins as the starting quarterback. And um, I knew, I, you know, the crazy thing about it, I even told Beats last night as we were sitting there tuning in 
to to our chiefs. Um, I even mentioned that to him. Like, watch, you know, he watch Jay Gruden, you know, lose his job because I felt he should have started Haskins in yesterday's ball game against the New England Patriots, but he started uh, Colt McCoy, and you know. I just pretty much knew that, you know, <laughs> when I seen it, I just, dang, even told Pops this morning, like, you remember I told you about him? He was like, yep, you you sure caught it. So I could see that coming. I really could, you know, he should have started Haskins, not to say Haskins was going to come in and just, you know, be the saving grace or nothing like that, but you drafted him at a very, very high selection. And so with that being said, he needs to be out there getting game and, Unfortunately, that's what has landed Jay Gruden in the unemployment line there, fellas. So, um, it's my take on that pretty much. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we get to beat, Lee. Uh, so, do you think that if he would have started Haskins, he would have kept his job, even if they uh, – No, in my honest opinion. I mean, it probably would have um, helped the situation – just a little bit, but he should have been and started him, you know, all the uncertainties from week two and three and not knowing, you know, he would actually wait to like Friday or something like that to say, okay, he's going to such and such is going to be the starter. It was just too much uncertainty, man. You cannot have somebody trying to run your team and your organization that is, you know, playing Russian roulette with themselves on the quarterback. You know, that's supposed to be something that you, you know, the ownership is looking like, hey, that's something you're supposed to handle, you know, without all the circus around it. So if he would have started Haskins, it probably would have helped it, but he he, he was still going to be, you know, a target in Washington. So I, I could just see that all day long. And what do you think about this beat? Uh, I was just going to say that uh, today I was listening to Therese Paler and uh, Charles Robertson's uh, podcast, and they were up there talking about this, and that uh, Charles, Ro- Charles Robertson said that over the weekend he has a conspiracy theory that the re- uh, Washington um, released a video. It's kind of old of uh, Jay Gruden. He was at a club or something up there talking like to young women or something. And he was like, like, I guess I haven't seen the video, but from what they were describing, like he had like a blunt in his hand and stuff like that. He was just sitting on the ground or something like that. So they they think that, uh, yeah, they they use that as a kind of like a thing to push the narrative to make it a reason to fire him. I just think um, as far as the organization go, it's pretty much a dumpster fire in my opinion, and as far as that owner and the uh, GM pretty much making bad deal and just throwing money at players to try to mask their uh, deficiencies in the draft. Um, but in my opinion, I don't think that – I think Jay Gruden did the kid a solid by not starting him this week against New England. We're pretty much throwing – that's like throwing a baby to – in a swamp full of alligators, in my opinion. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't – I mean, now they probably are going because they want to start them. So, I mean, I don't know. In, in my opinion, if 
I mean, you got to see what the kid can do, but you also, if you want to, if you want to help and have him succeed, you got to have people around him, and he don't, he doesn't have the talent around him to help him. So, in my opinion, if you really want him to be the future of your uh, organization, I would do like Patrick Mahomes and just sit him and then wait for next year and try to have the coach you want that's going to want to coach this kid and then also build an offense around him to help him and then also have the players to execute that offense. So that's my, if you really care about the player, because, you know, I, I just want to just you know, I'm a black quarterback. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on the, even though what I said really wasn't really about Jay Gruden, uh, it was more about Dwayne Haskins in my opinion, but in my opinion, I don't think that uh, Washington is going to fight by him as far as just throwing him out there and just. I mean, I guess you get game experience, so next year you would know, but I don't know. Yeah, and, and j- just to kind of take a spin off of what you said, Beats. Um, exactly. Uh, it's like throwing um, it's like throwing a baby to some alligators or whatever if you would have started Haskins against the New England Patriots. I agree 100%. That's why I felt he should have started Haskins the Monday night game against the Chicago Bears. That way, it wouldn't have been like you just throwing him out there because in my opinion, I felt he could have started him in that game. And, you know, that's what that's what he was hearing, you know, um, in, in the media and stuff like that. So he knows that city and that organization and those fans wanted to see Haskins, you know, nah, don't throw him out there against New England, but that's what ultimately cost him his job because he should have been and started that kid week three instead of week five or six. And uh, another thing uh, with Haskins, you know, Brothers really don't get too much of an opportunity in the NFL. Uh, and I hate to say that, but it's true. Uh, throwing him out there to the Wolves yesterday, he would have got annihilated by the uh, Patriots. The uh, Redskins organization, like Deontay said, is a dumpster fire. Uh, he he may get some game experience this year, but they need, if they really plan and really believe in the arm of Haskins, they need to build – around Haskins, the offensive line, wide receivers, everything that they need to make sure that this kid is productive, successful for a long time within that organization. But I don't – I really don't know if that will happen. Like I said, uh, Jay Gruden being fired and with the uh, video coming out and everything like that, it's like it was a uh, a, markability, a markable way to get him out of there as fast as they could. Uh, like I said, coaches, uh, when you go on five or things like that, you don't get long, uh, you don't get a lot of a chance to redeem yourself. NFL is a now uh, sport. What you can do for us now, not later. We want productivity now. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, James, uh, I'm pretty sure he'll get a chance to pick up somewhere, you know, down the line. But I doubt he'll ever be a head coach in the league Probably again. In the, in the and, college uh, rankings. Probably in college, my daddy got another head coaching chance, especially with the, go, uh, the video and everything. He can go be a coordinator for his brother. He sure could. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, he could. 
debate. Uh, but this is the meat and the potatoes of the segment. We suffered our first loss to the coach yesterday. Uh, this may be the most <laughs> devastating loss. Uh, me and the fellas all got together and checked it out yesterday. Uh, this may be a, a, a long segment on Chiefs Talk today because we got a lot of ground to cover with this Chiefs team uh, as an offense and uh, defensive play. Uh, so let's just go ahead and just kick it off. Um, let's go ahead and do the bonehead play of that game, which was uh, Andy Reid going forward on fourth and one, which I believe was a run call, which we didn't get any productivity out of the rushing game again yesterday. Uh, for you to go forward on fourth and one, which we needed to, but to run the ball knowing that we're not getting any push or productivity from your rushers at this point. I believe that was a bonehead move. Lee, I'm going to go ahead and reiterate on the fourth and one situation with Andy Reid. Yeah, man. Um, as far as the decision to go for it in that moment, that was okay because um, you needed to pick up some kind of momentum that we did not have all night. Um, but it, it just frustrated me that for you to go go for it in that kind of style, to line D, Damian Williams up in the eye formation so far in the backfield, you didn't see no kind of motions, no nothing before that play. It's like they were basically trying to hurry up and run it to catch the Colts off guard. And Justin Houston being the veteran that he is and seeing that set from the Chiefs, <laughs> he knew, he knew, he knew it was coming. He knew because that's why he built right down that line past, uh, past fucking disgraceful ass Cam Irvin that shot down and wanted to block inward instead of focusing on Justin Houston, you know, um, but like I said, it's it's so much scrutiny with that play because you can blame Cam Irvin for not even looking Justin Houston's way. I mean, if you just touch him or something, Damian Williams picks up the first, you know, like, why are you blocking down inwards, dude? Like, no. It, I understood why they were going for it. We all understood it. You know, that's why I kept saying I wish Pringle would have just picked up that first. Me and B sitting there like, damn. You know, because that was a third and 28. You know, we covered 27 yards to even get in that position down on the five-yard line <laughs> in our own territory, our, our, on you know, our backs up against the end zone. So we covered 27 yards, but I was just kind of like, man, it was just so much that went on with that game, man. I felt Pringle could have, you know, cut it up field and got that first. You want to even be in that situation. And that's kind of like a backbreaker to them to give up a third and 28 in that juncture of the game. That would have been a backbreaker, but we did not. We came up a yard short and it led to that bonehead play, you know, uh, do something different, Andy. You know, it, 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 that's what it looked like. Just watching it again. It looked like they were trying to rush it. Hurry up, get to the line, and get the one yard, keep it keep it moving. Nah, man. 
you got to do something. You got to, you know, put another tight end out there. Where's Blake Bell at? You know, where's Kelsey at that can, you know, you know, that can block on that weak side? Because that's all you needed was a good weak side block. That run was going up towards the right, you know, right up the right guard's back. So you need somebody to block on that blind side. If you're going to do that, so... You know, if the, you know that was one of them, but also another thing, the bonehead, uh, another bonehead thing okay. is the failure to adjust with the struggles of the offensive line. That's another bonehead thing Andy Reid just showed last night, not only with this fourth and one call, but he showed the boneheadedness to not adjust and help his offense alignment out. Man, keep some keep some running backs back there to help protect Pat. Bring them double tight ends out. Shorten them routes up. It was two boneheaded things he did. The failure to adjust with that off with that struggling offensive line with the injuries and everything, and then call a play like that on fourth and one. Nah, Andy, it's time to check yourself, buddy. I hope you look in that mirror. Because nah, nah. Those two things right there ultimately cost you, but it's other stuff. Like you said, Cal, we have to touch bases on. I'm going to just swing it to beats on that fourth and one call. Okay, I'm I'm gonna keep it short because I agree with everything, and I don't just want to repeat the same thing. And if you know, and go on because we can go on with the whole game as a whole. Um, as far as the fourth and one play, I thought that we could have called something more creative than getting in our formation, having um, you know sausage in there at the fullback. I mean, that was telling them what they were going to do. I, um, and then, like you said, no motion on the play to misdirect and get somebody thinking then for Cam Irvin to block inward. Um, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. Um, okay, what was true. he thinking? Since he's been playing for Fisher, what the hell has he been uh, thinking? I don't know. Um, also, um, where was uh, – I would rather have LaShawn McCoy back there running the ball in that situation or uh, Daryl Williams, which is who is more of a between the tackles type of back than Damian Williams. He's more of a receiving back or you get him out in space or you have like those stretch run plays where you can cut back, not necessarily going between, you know, the two guards and behind the center type of play. Um, yeah. I just didn't, I didn't understand the personnel, the formation, or the call on that on that fourth and one. You have the MVP in your hands. This is in moments like this, I wish Patrick Mahomes had that Aaron Rodgers Brady factor to where fuck what you just called. That was a stupid ass call. I'm calling what the fuck I want to call. I'm gonna go ahead and do what I need to do to win this to get this yards and get us back on track. Um I wish he I know, you know, it's his second year, you know, starting, but I wish he would take more of that like I don't need you to give me a call. I got one. I'm going to call it. Here we go. We're going we gonna to do this. Um, and then as far as what you said, Lee, about making the adjustments to help Cam Irving in that struggling offensive line with, you know, having running backs chip or um, shoring up some of those routes or throwing to the back out of the backfield, something, more of the screen game. Once in the Sean McCoy um, – 
fumble, you never saw another damn screen. They just kept dropping back and kept holding on to the ball, trying to take deep shots. So with that, I'm not going to keep long going with, with the segment because then we're going into something else. So I'll just swing it to you, Kyle, so we can talk about the whole game as a whole. Okay. Uh, like I said, we're going to go into our Chiefs talk. We did have a bonehead play of the week. Like I said, plays of the week, and it was our Chiefs. So we just wanted to kind of touch bases on that. But this is the steak and potatoes of the segment. We got a lot of issues, a lot of things to cover. But one more thing. Uh did you guys hear about the Redskins uh, maybe trying to get uh, Eric uh, Bieniemy as their head coach next year? No, I haven't yeah, heard that. I've, I've seen that. that. Yeah, and if, and if he was if he was a smart man, yeah, I wouldn't I'm take that. About to say, <laughs> I would not. I would not yeah. take that. And I would not, not only take that. that. Not only you know that would just be bad for him being a first-time head head coach and trying to go uh, coach the dumpster fire Washington Redskins. Nah, because right. number one, Airbnb, in my opinion, is not head coach quality ready just yet. So, nah, I wouldn't even, I would stay, I would stay what you're doing or whatever, you know, in my opinion. Okay. Well, let's get to the Chiefs talk. Uh, the coach came in and um, stunned the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, with the victory over the Chiefs, uh, nineteen to thirteen. We fall, uh, get our first loss of the season. Set came in. I mean, he really didn't have a great game, but we're going to hit on some of the keys that he his team did happen on offense. He went for eighteen to twenty nine, one hundred and fifty one yards, zero touchdowns, one int, and this is where it gets good for the Colts. They were able to run all over the fucking field on us. They went for 29 carries, 132 yards, zero touchdown for their star receiver, uh, star rusher, Mac. Uh, their uh, top rod receiver was Hines, 46 yards, zero TDs. Uh, Hilton was right behind him with 37 yards, zero TDs. Uh, Brissett did have a rushing TD as well. But it wasn't more – it wasn't a lot of productivity from the QB, but the rushing. Uh, they were able to run all over the Chiefs' all, uh, defense yesterday. Uh, the Chiefs' defense as a whole, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, it was some good moments to the D. We got a couple of interceptions. Uh, I believe we were able to sack uh, set a few times as well. No, we didn't no, have any sacks. No, we didn't. No, we didn't get no pressure. We didn't get touched. We didn't get no pressure. I'm sorry. Yeah, we didn't get no sacks. But we did get an uh, INT. But what did you guys feel on the rushing defense of the Chiefs giving up 132 yards to lose in their first season, the first game of the season, to the Colts, which we all picked the Chiefs to win in the fashion that they lost? What are you thinking about this? <sighs> this is so – it's so tough, you know, um, so to speak, um, to sit there and watch, um, watch them impose their will on what you know what they were going to try to use to impose their will. And that is the running game. And it was just so frustrating that the Chiefs and Steve Spag, the, the defensive unit and Steve and, and, and Spag and Spags, they knew 
what exactly the Colts were going to do. And it was just so frustrating to uh, sit there and intake that kind of performance. You know, um, it's a lot to talk about in this game, but I'm going to stick to the question that you originally asked, watching the defense, you know, against the Colts rushing attack. Um, it, it, It has to tighten up. It has to tighten up because this is a blueprint. You know, everybody is – people really knew to beat the Chiefs, you got to keep their potent offense off the field, okay? That's one thing. And the Colts did that to perfection last night. That The time of possession where they showed – where I told y'all to look at that, the little, you know, snippet that they showed real quick during the game, that was terrible. We only had that ball three – three minutes all the way up in in that second half. It felt like we never touched that ball at all in the second half. And just to watch Marlon McAneem run up and down that field and stuff like that. Like you said, they didn't do a whole bunch of stuff to really dissect us and beat us. Like I said, but I'm going to give my guys credit. Yes, they gave up a lot of rushing attack, but it was still a spirited performance. Um, I'm not going to listen to that. The defense lost this game, you know, uh, for one bit because I, we sat right there and seen it. Yes, they were giving up yards, but if the defense does not do and stop and hold to field goals and stuff, how they were doing, that is a true blowing out. And they dug deep and they – they they still like men from what I can see. Like you said, uh Tyron Matthew um stepping up and having a good game, getting his uh first INT of the year. You know, um it just frustrated me because I wanted to see spags, like I kept telling y'all during the game. Every time we did some type of run blitz or something, we was getting there and stopping it. I don't know, I I just could not understand why there was not a little bit more run blitzes and you know um stacking the box a little bit more because you know what they were going to do we all knew all seventy-eight thousand in that stadium knew. and as far as the defense and the run game, man it was just frustrating because they showed that they could get there and stop the run but it's like they would play a series or something like that and then wait to another defensive series to you know do some run blitz it's like no you got to stay on top of them man and be able to stop that run so that was my thing I do give them credit you know for stopping you know and keeping us in the ball game because the offense was just was just terrible yesterday it was the offensive line just wrecked everything as far as that phase of the game with our offense. Uh, but, you know, they have to tighten that up because come January, yeah, no teams is going to run the ball. And teams is going to try to implement exactly what the coach did. So for that question, that's my take on that. Got to sure it up and be more creative with run blitzes and things of that nature. Yes, they were hobbled. Chris Jones went out with the growing, you know, Anthony Hitchens went out with the growing as well. So, you know, some good run defenders did go out in that game, but there is still no room for excuses in this NFL. Uh, no no excuses. Because you knew all week they were going to try to do. So for that, tighten it up, no excuses. 
get, get the ball back on the right track for that specific question right there. I'll swing it to Beats on the run defense as a whole. Okay, as far as the run defense goes, um, I think it just comes down to one simple thing. It's a mentality thing. It's a physicality thing. You have to have the mindset that you're going to beat the person in front of you and get to the ball. And pretty much um, the coast offensive line was dominating them physically throughout the game, and they just kept doing it play after play after play. I um, I agree with Lee on, like, when we were saying, like you were saying, like last night, we was up there saying, why won't they do this more? It seemed like they kept on going back to that uh, nickel look for some reason, like they were going to pass the ball, like they were scared to get beat over the top. Um, mm-hmm. If I mean, just – I know I always uh, try to make this analogy to, to Madden, but uh, I guess – if you just up there running the ball and you keep on doing that and you're trying to shorten the game up, I, I'm, and I and I can't get the ball, I mean, you got to stack the box. In my opinion, like you said, you got to have eight in the box and make Jacoby Brissett beat you and just play one-on-one on the outside. And if they do score, well, you at least get into a shootout and, you, and Pat gets the ball back. That's the only thing I don't understand because I thought with – Previously, with his um, with uh, with the Giants and things like that, he he run blitz more. Any uh, blitz more like on every play, he he just seemed so hesitant or conservative um, so far this season. I, like it shows up here and there, but it's not like consistent consistently like in the past. Um, so. I mean, like you said, Lee, because now they know the formula. I mean, it's been out as far as um, what the Patriots did last year running the ball in the AFC championship game. Um, As far as um, the Ravens in that game this year um, running the ball, Um, Detroit last week and then last night, um, the Colts. And so, I mean, from – from now on, you're going, to, you're going to get that. Now, I don't know about the Texans this week. You might see a little bit of both because, you know, it's Deshaun Watson. So, but as far as as far as the rest of the um, schedule goes, oh, they're going to run the ball. So, in my opinion, um, my number one thing is for the defense is just to stop the run. If you got to stack eight in the box and you got to put your corners and corners on an island, so be it. If they get beat, at least they won't be holding the ball for, you know, you know, uh, having more time of possession than the Chiefs, as like you were saying that what they were showing that little graphic during the game last night. So, I mean, I'd rather take my chances with stacking the box, making sure you can't have the run, and try to keep Pat um, on the sidelines. And if, if you get beat deep or you get big plays and you get into a shootout, so be it. I'll take my chances that way then. Then shorten, uh, shortening the game and shortening the possessions. And then – because it felt like that whole second half, the Chiefs did not have the ball at all. So. They didn't. Yeah, so, they didn't. I, I, like I said, if me personally, I mean – you might as well try and adjust that way and, and stop trying to play this prevent or trying to – that's what – I don't know. It just seemed like he's 
just scared of his secondary so getting beat up so bad that it's that it's it's um it's making the run game suffer. I'll take my chances at this point. I'm playing I would play man on the outside. I mean on, on the back end with zone mixed in there here and there and stack the box with seven or eight guys and and also get out of that nickel defense. Um, maybe go with with your three um, with your uh, three linebackers to uh, get those run fits and play up towards the line of scrimmage. I don't I like you. Got, you got to do something. You can't just keep playing in that nickel and doing shit like that. In my opinion, so that's my thoughts on the run game. Swing it to you. But, uh, stand with go ahead, Kyle. and staying with the defense. Let's talk about the secondary. To me, I think the secondary. Got the job done, but like I said, they also the coach realized they can run all over the field on it, so they really wasn't even taking the chance to really put the ball in the air. Uh, like I said, we held Brissett under 200 yards, but the secondary, I believe, you know, they were doubling coverage and everything like that, yeah. uh, taking Ty out the game. They were handling their business as the secondary as a whole yesterday. Uh, what are some of your views on the secondary, uh, Lee? Because uh, like I said, they did improve this week. Yards, no Absolutely. You hit it right on the nose, big dog. The secondary showed up, you know. Uh, those stats that you ran off uh, that Brissett had, <laughs> those aren't mind-blowing stats, okay? Because he can throw the ball. Brissett can't throw the ball. Let's, let's get that clear now. And he will cut you up, death by a thousand cuts, if you let him. But the Chiefs did not let him. Like I said, they disguised. I liked how they disguised uh, Honey Badger on that interception. Um, it was multiple times where we got off the field in obvious passing situations. That's what kept us in the ball game. That's why I said I'm not going to shoot to the defense up and then spit them out because there was moments in that ball game where they let their nuts hang. And the secondary let their nuts hang last night. Only thing that I did not like was the, you know, I think the game kind of got in Bashard Breland's head. Um, you had um two, you had two defensive holding calls. You had, I think, two pass interference calls. You know, um, you had missed tackles. So I think the game was, you know. It got got in his head a little bit yesterday, you know, because it was times he should have made tackles. But overall, yes, um, the secondary, I, I was impressed. Um, they did enough. They got off the field when times they were supposed to. I remember it, it was a uh, it was Shark Shark uh, Charverius Ward actually on a on a third and five nice pass breakup. And I remember, you know, Beach was, you know, was pumped by that, by getting off the field in that situation. And I kind of made the joke like, yeah, finally, you know, but that was a good play. That was a good play by, by Ward, you know, that got off the field. That was multiple times. Like I said, um, where the defense stood up as um, 11 men on that field and got off that field to get that ball back in Pat's hand. So, Nah, like I said, I think um, uh, Morris Claiborne, he, you know, had a couple good plays. I did see out there, um, 
it was good times where he had good coverage that I, I, I focused on him. I put him out there every other series and stuff like that because I thought, you know, they may have gave him some scripted plays or something like that because I remember telling y'all, like, dang, fellas, he's sitting up here behind Spags, look like with his shoulder pads off, you know. So uh, they could have been fixing on the shoulder pads or something at that moment, but the times I did see him out there, he did force Brissett to go to another option just with good awareness and good um, position out there on that island. I, he showed that he will come up and make a tackle or be around the ball when they, you know, the ball is getting ran. So that was good stuff, you know, to see from Claiborne just but. You know, it was just a tough game yesterday, but I will give the secondary a pass. They got off the field when they were supposed to, and they created a very good turnover. And so, um, secondary gets a pass in my, in my books. What you think on them boys back there on the back end beats? Um, yeah, I just I just agree with um, – because they, they were showing those clips where they were up there doubling T.Y., and then um, – um, I believe like uh, Marlon Mack out of the backfield and then some mm-hmm. other uh, key players that they had, they were showing in different situations that the secondary was, especially in the red zone, they were up there doubling uh, certain guys that they thought that they were going to get the ball in those situations. Uh, I did like that. Um, and yeah, as far as, you know, Tyron Matthews stepping up with the big interception and then also, um, and that I believe that um, second to last drive where they were up there driving and then he had that big old blow up in the backfield. And uh, so um, I did like that pass breakup by Charvarius Ward, like you said. Um, like I said, I would, I just thought he was more concerned about getting beat over the top. I And they were more concerned about running the ball. So they, Somewhere to me, somewhere in there, it should have been mixed up to where I got to focus more on the run game. I know you're asking about the pass game, but I, I think, like you said, they did their they did their part as far as that the back the back end as far as as far as the front end. I would have just switched up some things, had some more stacked boxes, so they so it would force Jacoby Brissett to beat you rather than them just taking time off the clock and shortening the game. Um, I hope he makes that adjustment. Um, like I said, you can still mix up your coverages. You can still double. Um, you can still double on the back end and still have your static box. You, you don't have to play man all the time, but you can still have, you know, like I said, seven or eight in the box given on those on certain downs, uh, first and second down, and then, you know, in third down, you can switch up your coverages and uh, have your run blitzes, I mean, your zone blitzes and stuff like that. Um, like, I don't understand, like, most of the people up there complaining about the run defense today on, you know, TV or on Twitter and uh, on the radio. Um, I mean, they did their job. They were out there most of the game. The offense didn't help by going three and out and punting most of the game, in my opinion. So that's my thoughts. And also we had some key uh, 
noticeable players missing from our defense. Uh, in the first half, Anthony Hitchens went down with a groin injury. Xavier Williams went down with an uh, ankle injury in the first half as well. And our big, uh, va- most valuable uh, defensive player of the year thus far, Chris Jones, went down. He had one tackle and uh, two quarterback hits before the party. He went down in the third, uh, third quarter with a groin injury as well. He's listed uh, week to week. Anthony Hitchens and Xavier Williams are questionable for next game. Uh, so we may not have Chris Jones in the mix uh, versus the Texans. So that'll be a big hit to the uh, Chiefs defense as well. Uh, is there anything that you guys feel that I may have missed on the defense that you guys may want to reiterate in before we go to this offense of the Kansas City Chiefs? Nah. You, you hit it right on the head. I did forget to mention Xavier Williams with that ankle injury. That was another blow to that uh, to that run defense. Like I said, man, those three names: <laughs> Chris Jones, Hitch, and, and and Xavier. Those are three three good run defenders. And but like I said earlier, there's no excuses, no room for excuses in this league. Injuries do happen, but like I always say, I always use it. The beat goes on, so. Injuries are going to happen in this physical sport of football. So, but yeah, you know. With that, let me just tell you, give you some of the, um, we're going into the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Justin Houston's returned home to Chiefs Nations yesterday, and he did put on a show. Uh, In my eyes, he showed that you should have kept me. Had uh, three tackles, one uh, sack. Uh, the Chiefs uh, QB uh, Pat Mahomes was sacked a total of four times yesterday. Uh, Pat, you know, uh, with the offense, he went uh, 22 of 39, 321 yards, one TD. Rushing was atrocious. Williams went with nine carries, 23 yards, zero TDs. Pat he rushed for uh, three carries, 17 yards. And uh, Shady had that long fumble uh, that we definitely paid for. Our uh, top uh, receiver was Pringle with six carry, six rushes. I'm sorry, six six receptions, 103 yards, one touchdown. Harvin was right behind him with 79 yards, zero TDs. Robinson had 31 yards, and McCoy had 23 yards, uh, zero TDs. Uh, like I said, speaking of the Chiefs' offense, uh, Pat took a beating yesterday. He was banged up a little bit. Uh, to get into this Chiefs offense, uh, as far as the uh, rushing, like I said, we were all sitting there watching the game yesterday together, and I said, man, we sure do miss uh, Kareem Hunt. We're not getting anything in the rushing uh, department at all. Teams are not scared of the Chiefs rushing uh, offense. Uh, so, yeah, of course, they're stacking it up on Pat, and they're coming for Pat. Uh, but they're not making their proper adjustments with our star players as uh, Sammy Watkins was out, Tariq Hill was out. They're not making their adjustments to check down and take what they can get with our mainstream uh, wide receivers being out. Uh, What do you guys feel on the Chiefs offense as a whole, not being able to make the proper adjustments with uh, our star receivers being out? Uh, Pat going for the deep ball most of the time and not 
managing in the game like he did in the fourth quarter of that Detroit Lions game, which we was able to win because Pat kind of changed up his game plan versus going for the long ball, checking it down, playing a little bit of Alex Smith ball. So uh, as the offense as a whole, what do you feel about the Chiefs offense yesterday, Lee? Yeah, it was very frustrating. Uh, but I will admit, <laughs> we as fans, while we've all been kind of spoiled, <laughs> so to speak, with the Chiefs offense. Um, we think that, and, and not that we think, we know that they have the capability to go out and score 30 points a ball game. Let's just get that clear right now because they have the weaponry to do that. And we've been spoiled with that. You know, they, they, they did it 26 consecutive times, you know, so um, we were, we were all caught off guard, you know, so let's just, let's just get that clear right there. You know, it, it was a point, like I said, we were spoiled and, they showed us we're not going to always be super Pat or super KC leads in the zoom week in and week out. It's just not going to happen. So I will take responsibility as a fan and as a longtime Chiefs fan, our fans in which we all are, um, we were spoiled. You know, we got used to that and it was a harsh reality once it did not, transpire to what we're used to seeing. But I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I felt was another bonehead segment by Andy Reid, and that was failure to adjust to help that offensive line. That comes first, okay? If you see that offensive line struggling like that, you run the ball more. You know Pat is hobbled. You know he's not going to have the mobility to extend plays and things of that nature. So, damn it, you need to implement in the screen game more. Implement in the draw. Where's the stretch plays? Where's the run? Where's the run pass option plays at? Just to keep their defensive end, such as Justin Houston, honest. Where's the creativity to help a hobble offensive line? You see Urban struggling in pass coverage and make him keep trying to protect Pat's blind side and you know he's getting his ass handed to him. Run some run plays away from him. Run some delayed draws. Come on. Where's the stretch plays at? Stretch the you know, help your offensive line out. And I say that, and I'm going to keep harping on it because they are the bigs. That's where it starts out. It starts with them. They are the bigs. We don't eat unless they are all on one page. Let's just get that out the way, okay? If, if, if your offensive line can't anchor down the ship, the ship is, the ship is going to sink. So, it should have been more run plays implemented in, like Beast was saying. You, uh, you, you ran the one screenplay to McCoy, which I told y'all was ultimately, I just felt as a, as a fan, and I see it as the Chiefs team, the whole team. When McCoy fumbled that football, 
you could just see the momentum and all the air out of that team and that stadium just go. It was just it it was it was too big of a blow because we were pushing it. We were going in to go set seventeen to ten if McCoy does not fumble right after the Tyron Matthew um, interception. So that was another big key part in this ball game as well, along with the fourth and one call that we failed to convert. McCoy fumbling right there. The offense never got back on track. You could just see it. You could just see it. They they just they they did not know how to overcome that blow in that specific situation. And it was a very big blow. Cause like I said, we would have went up seven. I felt that would have gave us enough patent and enough confidence. Okay, we up seven. But it just stayed a defensive battle once that turnover came. And um, I'll just say this, man. This been on my mind all day. <clears throat> yes, we um, we were without Tyree and things of that nature. But it showed you how important, not only just Tyree Hill, it showed you how important Sammy Watkins is without Without him being out there, it, it showed last night. Because in hindsight, in theory, we were really playing with our third, fourth, and fifth receiver. We didn't have Sammy Watkins or Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey was, was not there last night. So in theory, it was our third, fourth, and fifth receiver. Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hartman, and Byron Pringle. A lot of people think I'm Sammy Watkins injury prone, da 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 da. But you gotta realize that offense was not missing a beat with Tyreek gone. When Sammy Watkins was healthy and doing what he can do, that offense did not miss a beat. And I just want to get that out there. Sammy Watkins is a, is a very important piece to this offense. And with him, they said he was going to play yesterday. He, in fact, did come out and try to play. He must have re-aggravated something because he was dealing with the shoulder and a hamstring. So, with him not being there, it showed. Sammy Watkins is just as important as Tyreek Hill. Because with him and Tyreek being out of that ball game last night, like I said, it was your third, fourth, and fifth receiver. And we cannot overlook that, fellas. Sammy Watkins being absent was big last night. You know, that's why I kind of brought it up. Damn, you know, he, he's going to play. I felt that was a plus, you know, because I, I know that he's a very important piece in this offense. And as far as the coaching and play calling, if y'all know your top two guys is out, Basically, dealing with these third, fourth, and fifth options, shutting up some stuff, and you know your offensive line is struggling. They started doing it. They started, you know, doing slant patterns and stuff like that. Shutting the stuff up, man. Quit drawing up these big old gigantic pass plays and stick within the 
within the game plan and call it how it needs to be called. You didn't have to go for the dagger each and every down. Methodically drive the ball down the field and live to fight another day. Like you said, Cal, you hit it right on the head. Go back to the Alex Smith ball. Take what they give you. That's as an offensive unit. Trickle like the ball down the field and do something. You don't always have to go for the home run, especially without your two, really three top receivers. Because Travis Kelsey was not a factor in yesterday's ball game. Just let me get that out of my system. He was not. I don't know if he partied too hard for his birthday that was actually on Saturday. I don't. I just don't know. But he was not a factor. And Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins was out. Needs to be a different ball game called with all three of those factors and a struggling offensive line. That's all I got to say with the offensive line. I mean, just, I mean, just that's all I have to. That, that's my take on the offense as a whole. Sammy Watkins is a critical piece to this offense in the show last night. And what you got on this piece? I know you. We were all watching the game together. You know, came together to watch it. And what, what are your what is your take on the Kansas City offense as a whole right now? I think when you started off this segment, you said two things that uh, really uh, that really um, was good points. And you didn't even know it because you was just naming out the stats. You said Patrick Mahomes was, what, 19 of 39. That means he had 39 attempts. So I'm going to round that up Mm -hmm. to 40, right? And then you Mm -hmm. said Damian Williams had nine carries. Mm -hmm. 23. Look, I mean, you you, you said it earlier in this segment. That's that's problem number one right there. You're unbalanced. Unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's 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 unacceptable. Because if you go back to last year, when, like you said, then you said Kareem Hunt. When we had Kareem Hunt last year, before uh, after before uh, that Raiders game, his last game was that L.A. Rams game, and uh, if you if you look at the ratio, the run to pass ratio. Patrick Mahomes was only throwing the ball 25 to 30 times a game doing that stretch. And they were throwing the ball 15 to 20 times a game. They were more balanced last year because Andy Reid did not want the load on Patrick Mahomes. Now everything is on Patrick Mahomes. They want him to be Superman. Because they ain't got no rushing. They ain't got no nobody in the backfield to be scared of. I mean, you got to stay committed somehow. You can't. You got to. You got to keep a defense honest. You cannot throw the ball forty times and only run. Exactly. And then, and then another thing, fellas. Why go out and make the acquisition of Lashawn Shady McCoy if you're not really going to use him? That's what I said, man. He he fumbled at, at a critical juncture in the game. But do not, do not just abandon him because he fumbled. You didn't do Kareem Hunt like that. Kareem Hunt fumbled 
His first his first carry in the NFL against the Patriots, his first game. But you went back to him and you let him know the confidence is still there. Don't just abandon the run game like that. Didn't mean to cut you off these, but you made a hell of a they were not they were not balanced. Not balanced, man. You that's like I said. Run some stretch plays. Run some. I ain't seen the Chiefs run a sweep in so long. Like pulling offensive linemen or something. Right. When is the last time you seen? I mean, I'm being real. Because Pops made the comment while we were sitting there watching the game. Like he said it, and it made me realize. You have not seen the Chiefs run a sweep where a lineman is really coming and pulling in God knows how long. You have to be balanced, man. You have to be balanced. That's why I was so frustrated last night to see that. Like I said, man, mm. switch it up. Be something. Design it up, d- 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 design it, you know, to to keep the run game attacked, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, like um, you got to To me, you got. I don't care if you if you're not getting the yards, you still got to stay somewhat committed to it, just just to keep them honest. And then also, I would like to see. It doesn't. I know that's not necessarily his game, but I would. I mean, I think at this point, you have to try it. I would like to see Pat under center more doing maybe three step drops, five step drops, and getting the ball out. Uh, mm-hmm. you can, I mean, that's just another thing you can add to the offense. No, you don't have to do it all the time, but you can do it some of the, some of the time to let the, you know the defense. Because if you really notice, the only time they really do he does get under the center is just play action. They never. They never run the ball out of when he's under the center. They never – he never throws when he's under the – only time he does throw when – he never drops back, let me say that. The only time he throws under center is play action. It's tendencies. You got you you, you to break your tendencies because you're doing the same – you're trying to do the same – you're pretty much trying to do the same shit you did last year except you don't have the running game to go with it. And you don't have your receivers to go. No, with. because Pat said this last night. He said that pretty much all they were doing was the same thing. Like I said, um, Belichick and uh, Matt Patricia last year, and uh, what they did last night was, you know, rush four three, drop back eight in man uh, in man coverage, and like Lee was saying, you have the Marcus Robinson Hardman. And Pringle, Pringle was pretty much beating it, but Demarcus Robinson and Hartman and Kelsey were not beating man coverage. They were getting beat up. So it, to me, it just comes down to a mentality and physical thing. You gotta, like you, like you said, Lee, you gotta help. You gotta help off, help that offensive line. And like you said, you gotta run some stress plays, some sweeps, some, um, some. I mean, you just gotta play. Big boy football at this point because you got to be physical. Like that's pretty much, pretty much it. I mean, and like I said, I would like to see him under center more and actually drop back three, three step, five step drops, get the ball out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
And just to, just to throw that just to throw this in there, he like you said, they never run the ball like that with him under center on that fourth and one. Justin Houston seen and knew. Uh oh, I didn't seen this before. Pass under center, they in the eye formation. Let me pay my ears back real quick and shut this shit down and get out of KC with a W. He seen that, man. Because you ain't been doing that all game. Line and pat up under center. In a formation. D-wheel. Five, six yards in the backfield. Come on, man. Come on, yeah, man. If you would have been doing that throughout the game, yeah. and you were up there throwing out of that, and then you giving a different look, then that could, they don't know what's coming. But if you just do that, they already know what's coming. You're not breaking any tendencies. You're not, you're not, you're not giving them nothing to think about. Exactly. That's what I said. Justin Houston in that particular moment on that massive fourth and one stop, he didn't have nothing to think about. Nothing. Only thing he had to think about was getting to that certain point and blowing that play up. And it was just, it was just, it was just, it was just a beautiful play by Justin Houston. He's seen that shit before, bro. He knew that that was going to be a run play. That's why he pinned his ears back like that. They didn't. They 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 wouldn't force him to say, or you know, kind of second guess with himself. Could it or could it not be? No, they didn't give that man nothing to think about. All game. And also to talk about uh, with the Chiefs' offense and um, the first few weeks of the game of the season, we had our deep threat, uh, Sammy. Uh, was doing this thing, of course, Tyreek went out, but we still had Sammy on the field. We were able to spread the field. But with him being out, like you said, we were going to our third, fourth, and fifth option. I was just kind of upset that they wasn't willing to change up with the personnel that they have on the mm. field to make them successful. They didn't change up anything. They went with the same cookie-cutter mm. stuff. Like I said, let's check it down. Let's get the ball out with the line being hobbled the way they are, not protecting Pat, keeping them upright. Let's get the ball out of Pat's hands quicker. Like Deontay was saying, let's do a couple uh, two to three step backs and out of his hand. Let's get the ball, let's get the ball moving quicker. And you know out of his hand. And and, and y'all know exactly how that could have been set up. I just said it in the previous pod, the previous pod ago. Blake Bell, Deion Yelder, they blockers. If you know the offensive line is struggling. Go to the double tight end set. Put that under center. And then that way, if if you can see them dropping into a zone or something like that, Blake Bell and Deion Yelder could have been a lot of underneath tight end routes to help Kelsey out of a phone. Like that. You didn't see no double tight end sets at all. What do you have, Blake Belder and Deion Yelder? What do you have, Blake Bell and Deion Yelder for then? And you did not use them. Yesterday was the game for them to come out and help block, be too good block, too good blocking, pass catching tight ends. That's what Andy Reid should have did yesterday. He should have implemented in the double tight end set to help. Pigs up front. Bottom line, point blank. Period. That's a damn. It's, it's a. It's a shame. 
It's a crying shame. Blake Bell and Yelder was over there on the sideline that whole sixty minutes of that ball game. And I'm, I'm, I'm yesterday is it, it, no, it's sick. It's sick. It's sick to enough adjustments or anything like that. Because you got two, two real good blocking tight ends. And, uh, speaking of tight ends, let's go into the Travis Kelsey situation. We're hearing and uh, Eric Manning got into a heated discussion on the sidelines. Uh, Kelsey did have 70 yards in uh, receiving yesterday, but uh, he had a couple drops. And uh, Eric Bianami and uh, Travis Kelsey got into a heated discussion where Bianami, uh told Kelsey to hold on to the ball, which I'm assuming he said it a little bit more uh, aggressive than that to make Kelsey go off uh, – go off his rocker like that. Would you, do you guys see any other uh, issues within the offense as a whole with the coaching staffs and the plays that's being called since we had a little heated discussion with Kelsey and uh, the enemy on the side of the field? No. No. I won't feed too much into that. I mean, it is what it is. I, I just said it. Kelsey's birthday was Saturday. So, you know, he probably partied and kicked it a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that is what happened, but just using that because, like I said, he was not a, a a pivotal point in yesterday's ball game. But I wouldn't read too much into that. Nah, I don't think it's not like that. Like you said, the enemy was being spirited, trying to be something that he's really not. <laughs> you know, that was his way to try to, you know, implement himself in, you know, Come on, come on down, the enemy, because you're really not the offensive coordinator or whatever. The Chiefs just gave you that title. So, you know, just chill. It was just one of them moments. And like I said, uh, uh, Kelsey went up to him and, you know, hugged it out to Woody, you know, told him it was his bad. It was just – Kelsey was just frustrated at the moment because he probably didn't want to hear about, about that catch that he dropped, which was a, a head-scratching drop. But now nah, I won't read too much into that. You know, they good. Well, what do you think, Beats? I don't have too much on it. I just, I mean, obviously you can't do that, but it's just like I don't know. I mean, I don't have too much on it. To be honest with you, I'm not worried about it. All right. Well, we got uh. Anything else you guys want to reiterate on the Chiefs as a defense, offense, or just a team, period? I have something. I just want to see how they bounce back. Um, you know, last year, you know, the the Super Bowl champs at this point in the season, what were they, like two and two, two and three at this point in the season or something like that, three and two? Um, it's just how you bounce back, and that's with anything in life or whatever. You're going to have some trials and tribulations you're going to get you know, punched in the mouth or whatever is just how you respond to it. So I'm just with, with this week coming up against the Texans and then a short week that following week going to uh, Denver on Thursday, I'm I'm looking to see how this team responds to getting their ass kicked to them. So um, that's, that, that's, that's my last thoughts on it. I just want to see how they respond and how they make their proper adjustments. Yeah. Um, just to throw this in there real quick, because I know we've been on these boys for a minute. Um, it is what it is. 
you 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 know you, you tasted your blood last night. Um, the, the the motto around that locker room this week needs to be, you know, a minor setback for a beautiful comeback. You see what I'm saying? So I'm with Beats 100% on that. Use use this as you don't want to taste your own blood no more like that and not in that fashion. So use this minor setback for a beautiful comeback because best believe Carlos Hyde, who was a member of this KC Chiefs team, he's been running real tough for the Houston Texans. And this will be a very, very tough ball game come Sunday against Deshaun Watson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and, and Will Fuller in that potent Houston Texans offense. So, minor setback for a beautiful comeback. And uh, All I can say is just Chiefs, Chiefs offense, and as for the uh, defense, rushing defense of the Chiefs, just make your proper adjustments now, okay? Mm-hmm. Make your proper uh-huh. adjustments. And uh, one more thing that I want to kind of touch bases with, uh, we got the NBA season coming up. It starts October 22nd. Uh, got a lot of big moves this past season uh, with a lot of trades, a lot of super teams being built. I just want to say, uh, ask you guys, who are you guys going with? And if you have a favorite NBA team, what do you think your team's going to do this year? Lee? Uh, I really don't have a favorite NBA team right now. I'm just a uh, a fan of the game, <laughs> you know, uh, but, uh, you know, we know the Nick bone and the Nick bones and the potatoes of the NBA is the Western conference. Let's just, let's just get that clear right now. Okay. Like I said, they are the Nick bones and the potatoes. Um, you have a couple of teams out the East, but once again, the West, <laughs> I'm not going to make no predictions right now because it's a long season, a long 82-game season. We have to see what injuries it's going to do to a team and stuff. But right now, man, I'm the Lakers, I'm, I'm just going to say it. The Lakers is the West as a whole. I'm just so – I'm just ready just to see, you know, new all these new faces and <laughs> new places, you know. So, but as far as, you know, the NBA, you know, it's going to be somebody out that, you know, somebody's going to be the champions out that, that Nick Bone and Potato Pot there, baby. There ain't nobody coming out that East. I know Durant is – I know Durant is with Kyrie and Brooklyn and got Giannis and Milwaukee and Boston and stuff, but nah, nah, uh-uh. It's going to be somebody out there. I really don't know who it's going to be. Like I said, if I just, I just had to choose to save my life or, or, or predict something to save my life, I would say the Lakers, man. The Lakers are, you know, Lakers look pretty good, man. They look very terrifying, you know. But uh, we gonna see. I know it's gonna be somebody out there west, though. That's all my take on the NBA. I'm ready for the NBA season to start. What about you, Beats? Um, as far as a prediction, yeah, like Lee said, it's too early to me. The real season starts the first round of the playoffs. To be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as 
if I have to pick somebody right now, it's going to be between the Lakers and the Clippers. I mean, I don't. I guess. I guess you would say I'm a fan of the the Splash Brothers up there in Golden State. Um, I don't. As far as losing, uh, you know, Durant with all that injury shenanigans going on last year, and with Clay being out and not knowing when he comes back, um, I mean, I, I can see them making the playoffs. I don't see them being like a top seed or anything. Maybe like a fourth or fifth seed, something like that. Maybe make it to the second round. I don't see them making it to the conference. If anything, I'll see the Clippers and, excuse me, and, the, um, and the Lakers coming playing for their Western Conference. But I, I'll just be interested to see those those two teams, even throughout the playoffs, how they play in the seven-game series and just see how that goes. Um, as far as the East, um, I mean, I'm interested to see what Philly does. Uh, I I see that uh, Ben Simmons found a uh, you know a three pointer. I want to actually see that happen in the game. See if he actually shoots it. Um, but like Lee said, it, the whoever's winning is coming out of the West. So, so that's my thoughts. But yeah, it's too early. Yeah, yeah I agree. But uh, myself, I've been a Lakers fan going back to Shaq and Kobe. And before that, I was a Chicago Bulls fan. So mm-hmm. I'm not a bandwagoner when it comes to L.A. I'm really not a big fan of LeBron, but I am a fan of him as a man outside of the game. But if I had to root, uh, I would pick the Lakers because that's, that's just who I've been rolling with. I've been a young, young, young little dude out here. So uh, I would go with the Lakers. Out the East, like I said, the East is wide open. We don't know what's going to come with uh, Durant, and I believe Kyrie's hurt as well. Uh, you got Boston on the come up again. Uh, you got Philadelphia. Like I said, if Ben Simmons does develop a jump shot or a three-point shot, it will be dangerous. So, like I said, the, West, the East is wide open. You got Toronto in there, even though they lost Kyrie. So, it, like I said, at the championship, it will come out the West. But the East, it's anybody's conference at this time, at this moment. So, But like I said, we'll have more on the NBA as the season goes. Just kind of want to touch bases on it since we got preseason uh, ball being played. But uh, other than that, we had a kind of a long show today with the Chiefs losing to the coach yesterday. We had to blow off some steam. But uh, this kind of concludes another episode of uh, Sports Talk KC. I'm one of your hosts, Cowboy. Uh, you can find me on social media, uh, as in Facebook and um, Instagram as Calvia. DB says you're looking for you. Where can they find you? Uh, DB. 1492, um, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, holla. Yeah, Lee86, uh, hit me up at uh, Facebook, Radham Jones. Just just keep getting at us. We bringing it to you live and direct. We see you guys Friday with some more Cheese Talk. Like I said, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Come see what all the talk about is with a uh, with the guys, and uh, we'll see you Friday. Holla. Peace.